The time has come, Shawn Michaels. This weekend in your house in Louisville, Kentucky, you've got to get in the ring with Owen Hart, the man that nearly put you out of business for good last time. And this time, your precious World Wrestling Federation title shot's on the line. We go to Jim to do exactly what we wanted. And now, he's going to go to WrestleMania. <laughs> There's no doubt about it, Shawn Michaels. Two things are going to happen at In Your House. First of all, I am going to end your career like I should have done the first time. And the second one, I'm going to WrestleMania the WWF title. I didn't realize you had, uh, you know, you know, actually had conversations with him and stuff, and oh, like, yeah. talked to him a lot. No, he was like I said, he he welcomed me like he's known me his whole life. Yeah, and it was just like, and that's hard back there, and just being a little, basically, of some kid that's coming in as an extra. I mean, they easily could have ignored me, like treated me like I was nobody. You know, he asked where I trained, who I was with, you know. I was welcome to go in there and roll with them. I was just at the time I was just too shy to go in there and roll with them. But he well he he offered, you know, because you hear all the horror stories, right? And we'll talk about this next on the everyone the the horror stories you hear are the the plane ride from hell, and I've seen that kind of stuff happen too. It's it was a crazy business, like the the you know they talked about it in Dark Side of Ring. Don't meet your heroes. Owen wasn't that. Owen was the opposite of that. You know, he had friends in every town he went to. He didn't have girlfriends. Even Vince Russo said, bro, Owen Hart is the only person I never seen cheat on his wife on the road. <laughs> Owen was just a fantastic human being, man. He, yeah. re- he really, truly was. And, uh, yeah, I mean, well, we'll start talking about Owen because Owen, Owen is back in the news today, rightfully so. I'm going to pull up uh, this press release here. So AEW made an official announcement here that they have come to terms with an agreements with the Owen Hart Foundation. Basically, they're going to get our so basically hashtag Owen is all elite, which is incredible because if you know the tragic story of Owen Hart, he died uh, in a show, a tragic accident. But basically, <clears throat> Martha said there was no way that Owen was ever going into the WWE All of Hall of Fame. And I think that's pretty that's pretty well documented now because everyone saw that Dark Side episode. Yeah, right. There was uh, a Dark Side of the Ring episode all about that. They had no chance. But they, she started the Owen Hart Foundation. His son, Oj, actually became a lawyer. Uh, and then Dark Side, man, hats off to those guys because they're like really honoring a lot of people that are left in the dust, forgotten, or just like... Everybody wants to see Owen in the Hall of Fame. We'd love to. But the, honestly, I feel like in a way, this is better. So not only are they going to – they basically are going to get a merchandise agreement that's actually going to go towards his foundation, which is what he would want. Yeah. They're going to have an Owen Hart uh, – it's going to be a tournament, Owen Hart Cup tournament, and the cup is going to be known as the Owen, which I thought was going to be awesome. And he's going to be part of a video – a future video game. Like, you're going to get to get Owen Hart in a video you game. You can play Owen Hart? Wow. Yeah, you can play as Owen Hart. So, this, you know, and their first pay per view wasn't Brett the one that actually held the title up? Like, Brett came up. And I think it said it here AEW's relationship with the Hart family dates back to our inaugural pay per view, Double or Nothing, in 2019. And I remember that Brett was the one that presented the belt at the. Is that right? Fight. I yeah. can't remember that. I think that was the Jericho versus Hangman match. So. Man, this, this, I like legit started tearing up that I was just like, I feel like we knew there was no chance that it was going to happen in WWE. And I feel like there was a, it tragically, Owen was going to fall within 
like people were going to forget how important of it. I mean, dude, he didn't know me from anybody. Like when I came in there, well, you met him. You did meet Owen Hart multiple times. Yeah, multiple times. He was there for that. We when he rattled uh, Ahmed, we had a conversation before that, and I met him after that. And he was the one that actually, and I couldn't tell if he was serious or not. He's like, "Man, are you sure you want to get in this business?" And I didn't know that. I mean, at at the time, I thought this is all I ever wanted to do. This is I didn't think there was any other option but why would owen owen hart from the world famous hart family be telling me you're sure you want to do this and you hear on later on that he was actually envious of his brothers that he just he wished he had a regular job that he can spend some time with his family but he was just like arguably brett he was up there i would say in a way he was more uh, sorry i'm getting choked up i mean owen was more he would still be going. His style was a lot more what we're seeing today. It was very cutting edge. Like when he was doing a lot of these, I think he's the first one that I saw do a shooting star press. I mean, he was incredible. He was like what people thought of like Tiger Mask and the Dynamite Kid. And just to think that it wasn't his thing, but he was such a homebody and he just wanted to be with his family that he was just like, are you sure you want to do this? And he was being sincere. Like he, but we we hung out. I mean, he was he was an awesome person to me, and I I still never forget. I was out of the business, and by that time in '99 when it happened, I just couldn't stop crying, man. And it's just like, and even during the dark side, it just like because he was such a quality human being. So to see, I don't care what any kind of crap that people give AEW, this was a huge huge win for them, and a huge sincere gift to the pro wrestling world that we're going to find a way to give you a piece of Owen legacy, Owen's legacy back. Well, it's something I think that AEW is really one of the, one of their just greatest assets right now um, is that they have a lot of goodwill from people. They do. People want to do stuff with them and help them grow and help them become better because let's face it, WWE has become the heel in the, in the, of the wrestling business. They absolutely they're, have, they're, man. They are, they are the Brock Lesnar, heel Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, especially after that Dark Side episode, and for real, yeah, Dark Side is like breaking, is like the tip of the spear of the wrestling revolution right now because yeah. that is pulling in a lot of people, a lot of casual viewers. Yeah. That but people, um, but uh, of people who fell, fell out of love with wrestling, for lack of a better term, or people who knew about wrestling but like, oh, I didn't know that. About Bruiser Brody, I did not know that about you know. The and it's Bri- got the, the it's Pillman got the stuff. it's got the um, sort of uh, crime drama angle that people love does, that yeah. people get sucked into those and watch on on a loop, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's doing a lot, but the fact that they that um, they're doing this with AEW and allowing them to uh, you know honor Bret Hart, it's. I don't know. It's like almost like the Hall of Fame. It's it's almost like a shot at the Hall of Fame. It is. It's definitely. I think it's a uh, a shot at WWE. Like we're they're able. WWE is all you know. We we can give you everything better. They, they literally are now giving us something that WWE can't give us. They can give us old Owen matches. Like they're not. He's not going to. You know, AEW is not going to have the rights to a lot of Owen's matches. 
But they're going to get like older matches, like pre-WWE. If they're going to get some Stampede stuff, I'm sure they're going to try to get some stuff when he wrestled in, in Japan. They're going to try to get some of that stuff. But they're just going to, again, just the merchandise, the, to, they now have access to a Legends line. You know, because WWE, they, I feel like they make more, there's a lot more people that lean towards their Legends stuff than their current stuff. Right there, they well, have... the legend stuff is huge right now. Yeah, they're le- and that's what's pulling in a lot of the casual viewers because they remember that it's nostalgia. Yeah, they are all about the nostalgia, and that's why. Look, I, I, I love pro wrestling. I want WWE to go nowhere. I just want them to fix a lot of the stuff that they need to fix. And this is something they were never going to be able to fix. There's no way. I mean. Oj Owen's son, when he was talking, I mean, he was a little kid. He just remembers his mom crying. I mean, that scene in Dark Side when they're huddled in the bed, that's like ingrained in him, burned into him. There was no chance, with at least at the minimum with the current regime, that they were going to ever say, okay, let's, let's do business. And Vince would probably, Vince would love to. But I'm sure no, Vince would love to, yeah. Yeah, but there's, 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 this is one that he was never going to be able to fix. I mean, Mark Henry was a gr- huge fan and a huge friend of Owen Hart. And when he got inducted into the All- Hall of Fame, he was basically begging Martha Hart to please let, let us honor Owen. And now Mark Henry's in AEW, and this is happening. Chris Jericho, you know, he's, he's loyal to, and then he's especially loyal to, Canadian wrestlers. Not saying he's not loyal. He's loyal to any. He'll do business, but he does recognize. And maybe that's just a coincidence because there's so much talent that comes out of Canada, and it feels like it's just loyal. It's to that. that one area of Canada. Yeah. It's like they grow wrestlers. Yeah, I mean, and he was from. You know, he was one of the dungeon wrestlers. I mean, there's a reason why he was not afraid to face off to Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg in you know in the locker room because he he got stretched by freaking <laughs> Stu Hart. He yeah. was in the dungeon. He's seen big guys like that. He was not If afraid. you listen to those audio recordings of the dungeon, there was one documentary that has audio recordings and it sounds it's like something out of a like seven or something like that. It's just torture sounds. <laughs> it's just a, grown uh, men squealing and crying and he's <laughs> like, hey be a man, be a man <laughs> That he loved to like stretch people. So I mean, for Chris Jericho, I mean, whoever made this happen, thank you. I mean, this is this is such good news, and I just feel like this is going to just bring even I'm, the, the momentum on AEW is incredible right now, incredible. And this was just another thing to because let's face it, I'm going to talk about the dark side here in a little bit, but there could have been some negativity because there was rumors that Ric Flair was going to show up you know, for the AEW Grand Slam to return to New York. And now there's probably no chance he can. And we'll, we'll explain in a little bit. Hashtag, you know, spoiler alert, helicopter. Uh, but this is just like, this is just pure goodwill. And obviously it's going to a good cause because the Owen Hart Foundation. Uh, let me pull up here the Owen. It's, yeah, it's this. Yeah, he died violently. Oh my God, that was... Owen died violently and tragically after falling eight stories from the top of the Kemper Arena in Kansas City in a, in a stunt that gone has gone wrong. But she's, I mean, she did this foundation, you know, in his honor. Like, this, this was her way of honoring him in the Hall of Fame versus just putting him in the Hall of Fame. 
I think WWE someday will just sneak him in the Hall of Fame because they probably are allowed to, and they might do just like a legacy. You know how they do that uh, Hall of Fame legacy for people who are no longer with us or yeah. they can't do, and they just kind of sneak them in. If they're into complete being, if they're into completion, they might sneak them in there. But this is what she she. They read. won't do it now. Not no. anymore, because it would seem like a total heel no. move to try and do that. But No, I mean, it's going to take some time. I mean, it, this is going to take some time before they can even try to get him in there. But, dude, it's just like the, the, this partnership is going to be really cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, buying some Owen Hart merchandise, because it's like the Owen Hart Foundation has a mission of providing global aid to at-risk communities, scholarships, housing, various forms of international assistance, food drives, Backpack giveaways and Christmas projects. I mean, this is all that they're. I'm sure proceeds are going to go to that. So I mean, now they're they're actually going to make you feel good about buying some of their product and merchandising because now it's literally going to not only a good cause but a good cause from <clears throat> born from a tragedy of a good human being. It's going to be even harder to get now uh, shirts because it's already <laughs> impossible. Oh man! It's like the the website crashed. Um, the first uh, when the, when the CM Punk shirt orders happened. Oh yeah, I ordered some pro wrestling tees about a month ago, and they're still not haven't arrived. No, they're still recovering. I mean, there was a I don't know where the blurb was, but I mean, it basically talked about you know how how CM Punk has changed their their business with, with the amount of T shirts they sold, the amount of ticket sales they made, the amount of ice cream bars they sold. I mean, CM Punk begged WWE to sell ice cream bars and they didn't do it. And now ironically, this company that he is with made millions on ice cream bars. Yeah. I mean, it was a slam dunk. So I, I would totally buy them wherever I could. Oh, if I, I would get them in a second if I could. I mean, so to the, the momentum to carry this over into getting Owen, uh, just, it, it feels great. So thank you out there to, uh, AEW, whoever made this happen and whoever wrestler, behind the scene i know one of the boys probably had to do this for one of their our fallen brothers so thank you for making that happen did dark side of the ring just turn heel <laughs> it was me austin they turned heel they turned bret hart heel they turned bret hart heel where bret was a heel in the u.s but he was a hero in canada because depending on who you are they this was the first time that i they're just like yeah i mean i got like i feel for the last two years they've had a lot of uh positive buzz from the wrestling community some folks don't like it but all in all people have dug it you know yeah and they've put some of the old guys over and given given them a, a you know sort of a, a renewed career pillman's what's her uh what's her name pillman's uh, aunt uh, Brian Pillman Jr.'s aunt. It was uh, Brian Pillman Sr.'s sister, right, who took in Brian Pillman Jr., and they got the shirt. And MJF had been – they put her on TV. They made her a star. They're making the whole Pillman family a star. Yeah. They're getting everybody over. Yeah. I would guess I would say this was one of the episodes that, like you said, they have a really true crime angle that didn't get everybody over who was on the episode. It cost Dreamer uh, – a couple of gigs, right? He's he's well, he's on leave from I believe from Busted Open Radio on Sirius, and he's is uh, also temporarily suspended from Impact as a performer and a backstage agent, 
while they do their due diligence. And it came yeah. off more because he came off as very cold and not really caring for that the flight attendant who was giving her side of the Ric Flair story. And look, you've heard like you don't even have to be in the business anymore. It used to be you had to be in the business to un- hear the Ric Flair. I have. I'm going to just be naked except this robe. Now I feel like everybody knows. The first time I heard it, I was still in the business. It was Kevin Von Eric told me that. He's just like, oh, yeah, he would come out there and he'd just have his robe and he had the big long schlong. <laughs> like, Kevin Von Eric told you about that? The Rick yeah, that's the that? first time I ever heard the Ric Flair story was from Kevin Von Eric. So who has also got put over really big in Dark Side of the Ring. I realized that's what they were referencing in heels on the um, yes. plane, ride, plane ride episode. How freaking, again, Matrix, I wish we had some code to drop. What are the odds that that, he, that episode, you know, with Wild Bill on the plane, you know, taking off and showing his long was, was 100% based on Ric Flair. And then it happens at the same time that Dark Side of the Ring shows that, you know, basically for the world to see. Now, one thing that, Glitch. And, yeah, there's one thing that people don't, didn't know, and I didn't even know this was now he has her pinned close enough and he was drunk and he was trying to get her to touch it, you know, and then like he took her hand and, and made her touch it. And that's, that's when you start. Now I never heard again. And that's where I think that's what dreamer was trying to get across that. Nobody's ever heard that. We all heard the legend of that. No one's ever heard of him having to force himself on anyone. But now she's basically saying that she was grabbing his hand and then dreamer for whatever reason, Jim Cornette was talking about this on his show that he was just like, he's, you know, and if Jim Cornette's coming out and saying, man, he sounds like he has an agenda or like he's really angry at her. Jim Cornette thought you were going too far. That's going pretty far. (laughs) If Cornette thinks you're gone too far, right? Yeah. So he just came off as just like, well, I guess you should, Shouldn't have took the payoff and, you know, you should have prosecuted this to the fullest extent of the law. And then he started going into my hair style. I see what he was trying to do, but it's just like he was doing it really wrong and really not well. He came off like an angry incel kind of guy. Yeah. A little bit. Um, It was, you know, they definitely edited it to be super dramatic. Like her, like her testimony against his back to back, just mm-hmm. cutting back and forth, so that adds to to the dramatic. But you know, he just, uh, yeah, he should have maybe uh, ran his comments by somebody or something. <laughs> what do you think if I say this? Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I feel I feel bad for him. He 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 released a he released a statement. You know, he because again, Tommy, I never met Tommy, but you know, he's he loves the business. You know, he's a as far as I can tell. I never heard, and this is the first time I've ever seen anything kind of funky with Tommy. So this is, was, and you can tell he was trying to be as sincere as possible and in his apology, but I don't know, will he recover from this? It didn't, it didn't do him any favors. I feel like. Well, Ric Flair lost the car shield commercial. He lost the car shield commercial and he potentially lost a gig with AEW. He was going to be. On the Grand Slam. That was the rumor. That's yeah. why Andrade fired Chavo. So, and the rumor was can, they were trying to gonna get that Ric Flair park pop in AEW. And you were going to have somewhat of a Four Horsemen-like reunion with Arn and Tully. And now that's dead. Uh, I think at a, 
and I don't know, Jim, Jim Ross, I think the way Jim Ross put it didn't really help. Honestly, with the Ric Flair stuff, when they're like, how come Ric Flair didn't get punishment? And then you can tell Jim was kind of like not sure what to say. And he's like, that's a good question. And then he was just like, I don't know, you're, you're here to judge. And it made it feel more ominous. Right. I don't Again, feel like it helped. They're it. like excellent filmmakers, these guys. Oh, I mean, man. Yeah, they're, they're good. The, the way they put it together, they maximize impact on ev- all the footage they get. You know what I mean? Yeah. They know how to cut it together to maximize the drama. I, this one, like you said, we were, I was ex- when you, because you had told me about it, and I hadn't really heard the story fully, right? But, you know, we were expecting it more to be comedic. Yeah. Oh, know? absolutely. I thought it was going to be a comedy because there's a lot of funny stuff and being in there, you know, because you've heard some horrible stuff and they talked about some of the horrible stuff, but you, you hear a lot of the funny stuff. I mean, are you, I heard the, you know, I heard the X-Pac story about chopping off Michael Hayes, who I, I'm, I was friends with both of them. Uh, X-Pac did it. X-Pac did it. Yeah. I think it was clear that X-Pac did it. You know, he came right out, but no one sold him out that day, but what I didn't hear before that is just Michael Hayes punched JBL in the head to try to cut him open, and then he got knocked out with a slap. And then the rumor was that they thought Kurt Henning dropped uh, Halcyon, the H-bombs. And you've always heard the horror stories about that. I knew that. I think I talked— Those like roofies? Yeah. I've told that story here that I, I, it, somebody dropped one in my drink in— Mexico and I saw him do it but he was a friend of mine I think he was doing it knowing that I wasn't going to drink but I think he really also did it is because it happened to him he he was wrestling as Chippendale in Mexico and they dropped one in his drink and then he came back and I was like they shaved off his eyebrows and they painted a bunch of uh, demonic (laughs) figures on his wall in Mexico which was just like wow get it yeah (laughs) so it was just like You've heard the stories. So, the, the, so yeah, they would just roof each other and prank yeah. them while they're passed out. Right. Yes. Uh, so that's terrifying. That uh, so it, that it did happen to him. But here's the thing. And if you ever sees this, he was a prankster. And I, I think the the pranks is like you put yourself in the line of fire. Somebody's gonna try to prank you back. And I think that's what happened. You know, but his eyebrows grew back. It could have been, it could have been worse. But I mean, you do. It's nothing you didn't do at a sleepover. Except the difference is there are some. But you've heard and you've seen it. So it happened to Scott Hall. You know, did it happen to Ric Flair too? I mean, did Kurt Henning just go and drop a bunch of pills in everybody's drinks? I have no idea. It sounds like it because Scott Hall got pushed out in a wheelchair after offering to lick that same flight attendant. I was just like. You're right. So I expected a lot more comedy, but then it became like, oh, no. So it did not make Scott Hall look good. It did not make Ric Flair look good. Well, he got fired right after that flight. He got fired. Kurt Hanning got fired. Scott Hall got fired. I think Dustin got fired. I, I heard the singing over the, the headphone. Uh, the scariest one for me was the Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Henning freaking shoot fight in the sky. You know, that's terrifying that's something that frontier martial arts would do right it's like well you're gonna fight and if whoever gets put through the the wall of the plane wins but the problem is the plane's gonna crash that's (laughs) i don't know what it takes the pressure it takes to open up uh, a plane like that like she said i have no idea yeah but 
Those are big dudes, man. Kurt Henning is one of those people, like I think I always mention Ted DiBiase on this, of like people don't realize how big he is until he's standing there. You're like, yeah. holy crap. How tall was Ted DiBiase? He's probably like 6'4". Yeah, and, but yeah. he was like, he was big. And Kurt Henning was that big too. I mean, he was a big dude. And he was a shooter, man. Larry the Axe Henning. Like, I'm one of, WWE wasted a lot of talents, but one of the big, biggest wastes was Joe Henning. They had him go as Michael McGillicuddy, and then he was with Rye Axel, and then he was Curtis Axel, and then he was with uh, Bray Wyatt's brother as the B team. And they just wasted him. I mean, you have Mr. Perfect's son. Yeah. And you, and you couldn't pull something off with him. So, Kurt Henning was a shooter, man, and, it's, and it ran in his family. Like, so. That must have been a freaking knockdown drag out in the sky that I'm not surprised that they said seats were broken and trade trade tables were broken. And it was just like, wow. And then they're trying to, and were you surprised that Vince McMahon was actually on the plane while all this was happening? Well, he's disputing that. Oh, he's saying he's he put, not. They, he, he put out a statement or someone put out a statement that said he was, he was not on that flight. He was not. And that, that they're, they're confusing that with a different flight. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that. That's breaking news. Oh, man, I did not know. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, I agree with JJ. He said JR did, did his best to stay at arm's length from the entire et- incident. I agree. Because he even said it. If I never have to hear about the plane ride from hell again, it'd be too soon. He was trying to keep He was shooting desperate. on it for sure. Yeah, he was trying to definitely get the hell away from it. What did they talk? So Jericho wasn't on there. Cornette was not on this episode, right? No. Okay, yeah, he wasn't on there, so he wasn't on the plane for that. There was a lot more people on the plane that I feel like didn't come forward. I think Rob Van Dam, you can tell that he had probably wasn't... There's people that are okay with the ribs, and then there's people that are not really okay with the ribs, because some of the ribs got gross, man. Like the whole, you know, you always heard the story about pooping in every crown that Jerry Lawler's ever had. Like they would just grab his crown and then someone would poop in it. What? Yeah. Just what do like, you mean? Like every crown that he had has been, yeah. Has every been time. In? Like, yeah, every, he always had to hide his crowns because every time he left his crown unguarded, somebody would poop in it. <laughs> That's just, that sounds like very <laughs> triumph, right? It's just like, here's your crown for me to poop in. <laughs> So I, yeah, I I've, I've never heard that story at all. Oh man, no. There's always there's too much stuff when it comes to, uh, yeah, man. Some of the ribs, some of the ribs went really far, and it was really hard. And I, but I, a lot of times the, the line of fire, I did my best to just keep my mouth shut and just like not. I told a story on here that I was I was or like when I told you I thought I was gonna get million dollar man was gonna pee in my mouth. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I sleep with my mouth open and I saw them looking. And I just like, of course, because I've already heard all these horror stories. And I'm like, right. oh, my God, I'm sleeping with my mouth open. And now these guys are watching me. <laughs> They're waiting for me <laughs> to fall asleep. And I was like, oh, no. So you have heard the horror stories. But I think that end of the episode really summed it up well. And ironically, they showed John Cena of just like when Jim Ross, you know, like JJ said, he was trying to distance himself. And I think he's saying the business is not like that anymore. There's ribs, but I think they're more, they're not the ribs that are just like, you're going to like have to be cleaning poop out of your wrestling gear. <laughs> so can we conspiracy for a minute? Do you yeah. think, do you think that, uh, yeah, they, they all got H bombed. Do you think somebody pilled people's drinks or you think they just got 
that hammered on three carts of liquor. Because <laughs> I feel like I can I could see just like a sort of a build up. It's like if you're just like sitting on the tarmac and they're giving you all this free booze nonstop, and you're just, you're in a celebratory mood, just get out of hand. And if everybody buys into it, everybody else gets out of hand, and it just push it as far as you can as as it'll go. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's all it's all speculation, but like she said it on the episode that excuse me hiccup. She basically said they went through three carts of like big bottles, not flight bottles. Yeah, big bottles. So like it was enough booze that even whether they got age bombed or not is definitely it's enough to cause a lot of chaos. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't want to speculate, but if if somebody said. It happened. It probably did happen. You know that at least one person definitely got it. So I don't know, man. It's just like, and we'll never know because after Kurt Henning got fired from there, he died shortly after. So anything that he did, he took to the grave. And obviously, Scott Hall was way too inebriated to even remember. And I think that's what uh. That was the big thing, right? It's just like I don't. I was so messed, and it, and his his problems were well documented. So and it, the timeline lines up that it's just like he was well, he was trashed all the time. So he didn't remember. I mean, the Brock Lesnar stuff. He now he's around. So if he really did expose himself to Terry Runnels, yeah. But like that one is just like. I mean, we've had a. This was back before the women's revolution, so you shared a locker room. I've been naked in front of other women in the locker room because where else are you going to change? So there is a chance that I don't. But she said he did it, and then he said don't sell it. But I was just like, he easily could say that. I don't know. It was a lot, though, right? It was a, it was yeah. a lot. To, it was a lot to unpack. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was definitely. It just it took a hard turn into heavy drama yeah you know and like i said that grizzly smith episode was the one that i watched and i was like whoa dark side just got too dark, dark. Yeah. <laughs> too dark yeah it was very dark um so this one this one kind of felt like that too the ratings were like super low though apparently yeah that's right here it's just like i still don't know you know it's not that easy to get although they put this one on youtube they probably because nobody watched it yeah they but, did put this free on youtube yeah so. watch that one it's not – I'm surprised that somebody, one of the other streaming services, didn't just pick it up. But I don't know who ha- Vice has a deal with. HBO? Is um, that who they have a deal with? Because that's where sure. Vice TV used to be, right? I think Before so. Before they had their own network. I'm surprised somebody didn't uh, offer to pick that up. But it's still so compelling. I mean, it's hard to say that it's compelling TV. And, like, what do you mean compelling? It's just, like, talking about Ric Flair doing the helicopter with his penis – it's like, is that compelling TV? <laughs> but it's like, oh man. So, but still, is it? Did did Dark Side just turn heel? Are people <laughs> like this? Is like it really? I feel like this this episode has just had the biggest ripple effect out of any of them, right? Of people losing their job. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, Ric Flair even said it. And he's just like, and he was on uh, Renee Paquette. How do you say her last name? Ray, Renee Moxley. <laughs> he yeah. she was on the oral sessions with Renee and he she he heard that it was coming down the pipe and then he said have me on your show afterwards and I'll give you my side of the story but can he give his side of the story because as we saw in the episode 
you know, that other flight attendant sued him and there was a payout. So if there is a payout, are you allowed to still give your side of the story? You know, but now it's just like, like that limits what you can do. Right. And it's, or is this like some kind of weird double jeopardy now that is just like, okay, you took the payout and now you still cost somebody their job on a, on the, on the, he said, she said, uh, is that the argument? I don't want to, I don't envy them. I mean, like I said, he knew the whole, every, everyone in the wrestling community knows that that's how getting a bunch of wrestlers together would be. Flight attendants didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> On a private charter jet. They didn't know that. Yeah. So I I do want to hear Rick's side, of, Rick's side of the story now. And he was having a little bit of resurgence. Again, he got fired from WWE. Then he showed up on AAA, Triple Mania, right? And there was, it, it was like a lock that he was going to show up in New York. And yeah. now that's done. So this cost him work. So I feel like at the minimum, you should hear his side of the story. Because now it's just, if it's going to cost you work, you do have to come out and defend yourself. Tommy did. Tommy did immediately. And he like took 24 hours. And then he released his statement. I feel like, I mean, what... What can he say, though? I mean, I think he's just going to have to come out and maybe say he was sorry that he did it. I mean, I feel like... Uh, yeah. Just apologize. Yeah, there's no there's no he said, she said at this point. Because everybody knows what Ric Flair does with the robe thing. It's the whole touching thing. It was it just looked, on heels. Yeah. Yeah. And he was just like on heels. He was drunk. You know, and you do stuff... You do bad stuff when you're drunk. So... I think that really is all he can really come out and say, maybe apologize to her uh, and hope, hope for the best. I mean, you got to go back to uh, what's his name from the nineties that got caught with the prostitute and his career actually got better. Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant, right? He got caught with the prostitute and he's like, yeah, I did it. (laughs) Yeah. He just went on like the tonight show the next day and people were like willing to forgive him. I think Flair is going to have to do something along those lines uh, to salvage his career. But it was a great episode. But it's just, again, they said, don't meet your heroes. But in a way, now everybody met some of their heroes. Yeah. <laughs> and saw some of the stuff that we've all known. And it kind of made it official that some of this stuff did happen. If I was one of them, I would not have one of been. I would not have wanted to be on that episode. Yeah, I, I don't think, like you said, I don't think um, anyone thought it was going to be that deep. I imagine nobody else saw um, the woman's testimony before they did their part. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Jim Cornette said, he's like, they don't show you what the other people say. So you have no idea, basically, the narrative that's gonna that they have to weave as storytellers. It's a documentary. You still have to weave a narrative throughout the story, right. To keep it, you know, cohesive. So I don't envy them, you know, cause Rob Van Dam was really close to like, I think he was in fuck it mode. Right. And well, I mean, he, he's like a major pot advocate now. Yeah. So. He didn't care. Yeah. He was just like, yeah, they, that's what they did. <laughs> you know, he just came right out and said it, you know, that's what they do. So it, it in a way was like coming out against, the wrestlers at that time. And like you said, maybe he just doesn't care. I, I, I found an old interview with Shane Douglas. You remember him, the franchise from ECW the franchise. He was, 
He was a triple threat with Chris Candido and Bam Bam Bigelow. And then he was in WWE as Dean Douglas, the teacher. Uh Uh, He had a lot of legit, yep, first ECW champ, like JJ said. He was. He's the one that basically created with Paul Heyman ECW. You remember? we got to tell that story, right? It's just like it was called Eastern Championship Wrestling. This was a screw job. This was a legit screw job. So they had it. Dennis Corluzzo was running NWA. Paul Heyman came in to do some booking. They had a tournament. And Paul Heyman and uh, Dean uh, Shane Douglas went into business for themselves. They said, let's put Shane over for the title. Shane took the belt and said, this belt means nothing. It's garbage. Threw it down. This is the belt that means something, and we are rechristening ourselves as ECW, and that's when it was e- Extreme Championship Wrestling. They screwed Dennis Corluzzo to create ECW. Screwed basically what was left of the NWA. A lot of any kind of heat that Jim Cornette has with Paul Heyman legitimately stemmed from that screw job. Uh, I highly recommend finding that YouTube video of listening to that screw job. Anyway. He had a lot of legit heat with Ric Flair, and he his basically his whole shtick in ECW was calling Ric Flair Dick Flair because he got him <laughs> fired from WCW. Shane Douglas was also with Johnny Ace, who's like the main agent, and they were the dynamic dudes. They came to the ring in the, on the skateboards, really cheesy 90s surfers gimmick. Ric Flair got him fired. He had heat with Ric Flair, and he basically has a, a shoot interview basically explaining how Ric Flair is a piece of shit, and they've had a lot of heat. And now it's coming out, was Shane Douglas right about Ric Flair? So there's your, there's your next YouTube rabbit hole. That just, that just came out after that episode. So this episode did not do any favors to Tommy Dreamer, Ric Flair, Scott Hall, and almost RVD. Very, very dark for Dark Side of the Ring. Did Dark Side of the Ring turn heel? My answer is kind of.
that's how they, that's how they usually end. So you just put up, I'll just put up the yeah, I'll just put on the. <laughs> um. All right, let's queue up. Mike's hot. Mics are still hot. Yeah, mics are hot. We're still on. All right, let's roll. This we're live, pal. <laughs> you want to? Uh, you want to do some movie movie trivia gimmick? Yeah, that's movie trivia gimmick. Or do we want to do? Let's get JJ's beer recommendation. Oh, right. Let's try. We got the JJ. Let's do there. that. So we're gonna do new beer slash movie trivia. All right, beer pack. All right. Thank you. 